This is the Extended Play Podcast with Ian Tank. Welcome to the Extended Play Podcast. This is E. Our original title for this episode was something like When Your Friend's Taste in Music Goes to Shit. And... The idea being that I have this experience where I get really excited about music. I hear something um, that I really think a friend would enjoy. I pass that music along to to a friend and the friend gives an immediate and resounding no thanks. And it's super frustrating, right? Because um, I want to share in this music appreciation experience with someone. And I've, in a way, moved on as far as my taste. That is... I'm willing to explore new sounds, new taste, and they may be, if it's not exactly in their wheelhouse, 100% something that they're used to listening to, they reject it outright. Um, but then we decided, you know, that's that, again, that's a really singular experience. What we really want to talk about is why does no one seem to care about music the way we do? Why does no one want to go as in-depth as we do? Right, because I think we end up leaning on each other pretty hard for that. And I think that, I mean, that's how we ended up here with the podcast because we we noticed that we would look forward to sitting down and talking about whatever it is we're listening to and it would end up going two three hours yes and we're like well let's we've already got the discussion let's just record it absolutely yeah so that's today's topic it's why does no one really care about music the way we do and we it's really a, a series of questions to each other trying to explore our passions and what we do with them right um when we only have one other person to talk to about what we're passionate about. So by calling our podcast the Extended Play Podcast, it's really a reflection of the fact that we want to extend this conversation. And we understand that, yeah, we each individually think about music a lot on our own, but it really doesn't, um, we really get something out of the social aspect of, of talking with one another about music and bouncing ideas off one another. Right, right. Music is... I mean, it's social at its core. It's why concerts exist, right? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a communal thing. And and the other disclaimer to put on what you mentioned earlier is that I'm sure that for every one of these people that we might snobbily say, you know, that their taste is shit. Well, our taste is shit and something they like. Well, that's true. Food. That's art, true. Fashion. That's true. Right? So look, it, it's not, it's <laughs> everyone's taste is shit in something and not in something else. <laughs> And the whole point here is something that we care about and the frustration that we can't, you know, connect with people about right. it. And uh, I'm sure if they have a, a podcast about their thing and they'll make fun of us and that's fine. It's exactly right. Yeah. If nothing else, this is a call to action. All our friends need to create podcasts about yes. the shit that they care about. Yes. And please talk shit about me. <laughs> I invite it. Um, what is that experience like? So, so why, why, why do I even want to talk about it to begin with? Because I think um, music and, and I think few would argue this and I think um, um Statistics bear it out that during our formative years is when people are most passionate about music. Is there, there's a, there's a sweet spot sweet spot when people are most passionate about music, and it is that whatever fifteen to or it probably starts a little bit earlier, but it's basically your teenage years up until maybe your mid twenties. Yeah, and I, then, I, I, probably about the time that you can earn money and and buy your own music. Yeah, but even that probably changes with generations. It does. Because kids now, everyone's going to have a tablet and they can stream music at any age. Whereas we had to go to Harmony House. We we had to get a ride to Harmony House to go buy a tape. Right. So yeah, I'm sure that's probably also changing. But yeah, you know, about the time you start getting a personality. 
Right. You know, that is not listening to Barney or right. Peppa Pig. I don't know what the fuck kids listen to. <laughs> not All lie. of those things. Yeah. Spoiler alert. I don't have children. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, you're right. It's it, it and, and for those of us who care about music, it has become a an essential part of our personality, right? It's something that we we've um, wrapped our identity around is what kind of music we care about. And not necessarily by genre or by, I mean, maybe for some people it is by genre. Like I'm a metalhead and that's, right. that's me. Unfortunately, or, yes, that's common. Yeah. And it's sad, but yeah. that's, that's another podcast. And then there are also people that care about nothing else, but one particular artist really. Like, I don't care about, I don't need to know how the sausage is made on any other artist, but Garth Brooks, I, I gotta know. I, I'm right. going to go to every show and I'm going to learn. I know his wife and kids names and all that kind right. of crap. And Chris Gaines. And, and Chris Gaines. Unrelated. I don't know why no, you even brought him up. Yeah. Never two, saw them together, but two great artists. <laughs> um, I think one of the reasons it's worth talking about, not, not that I need to justify it, but that it kind of illustrates this sort of line in the sand of um, who you can connect with on something and who you can't. Right. And, mm-hmm. and so now you have this situation where I, I find myself in a situation where I can talk to you about music and that's about it, which is when you think about it, it's kind of crazy when it's like music appreciation. I don't play, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not in the industry, but it is kind of crazy to have only like one other person you can really talk to about about what you care about most and why is that and what happened and what is what is your what is our responsibility to our for, these are all things I think about, right? Like, mm-hmm. what is my responsibility for sharing the things, I, the, the the new song I like with my friend who I know doesn't give a shit? Right. Is that friendship or is it not? Yeah, because if you go back and think about when we were younger, at some point in time, it seemed like we all did care about music, that we that it was a communal exercise. If you think back to the painful process of choosing a class song in high school. Oh, gosh. Or the, you know, it, it's it's a very teenage thing to buy uh, an album or whatever, go up in your room and listen to it and read the liner notes. and For sure. And then, so there was a time where it felt like it was communal and bonding and things we all do together. But then for whatever reason, fast forward 30 years and we're still doing it. Right. And we, you know, we're, we're struggling to find other people that are. And I guess what happens to that interest and that magic? Why does it go away? Right. And, and it's crazy to think too that we, and it, not only were we all the sort of same level of passionate about music, it was even about the same music, mm-hmm. right? So, so you'd think that would carry on if yeah. you were passionate about that kind of music. You would at least still be passionate about that kind of music. Maybe you never, you know, maybe you didn't ever want to discover the next. Maybe your taste froze, right? Which is a which is a whole other thing. Where there's that idea of taste freezing, and you you never open to new things again. Mm-hmm. But it's more a total lack of. There's the lack of caring, and then there's there's caring, but it's or, or there's what or maybe it just maybe it retroactively pulls out what what it was important to you for in the first place okay right because maybe there's a handful of people that you know if we go back to our high school in early 90s mm-hmm. um you know we were at i feel like we were very lucky but we were at the cusp of uh, hip-hop becoming mainstream and certainly a lot of people would argue it's peak as an art form sure okay and we were at the end of hair metal the beginning of grunge mm-hmm. and so there was a lot there was a lot going on it and, was in people to tune into but maybe even though we were all listening to a nirvana record together one guy was doing it because he emotionally felt like kurt cobain did one person just like the noise mm-hmm. one person was doing it because they saw a lot of nirvana shirts at school right and maybe it's no secret that one of those three is still 
reading liner notes <laughs> right, and arguing about, you know, which Led Zeppelin album is the best 40 years later. And one of them has moved on to only listen to what's on the radio. Right. Right. And, you know, I wonder if this does coincide. I mean, you, you bring up a good point about a, a sort of um, identifying when, when we were in our formative years when it comes to evolving taste in music, because technologically, right, there, there's that we're dealing with. Right. So I think like, you know, I, I've read things where they talk about the introduction of the Walkman, you know, change the way people, mm-hmm. you know, um, experience music. And it's never coming back from that. Um because now you can just put on headphones and listen to it yourself. Otherwise, sure, you could be in your room and listening to your record player, right? And reading the liner notes and all that stuff. Right. But often, I mean, you know. There's no liner notes. <laughs> there's no liner notes. There's no album. Or, there's, or, you, don't, or you don't have a record player in your room. Right. Or you don't have a, a portable you know, way to listen to music. So somebody else is around and you're mm-hmm. listening to music. And when we're kids, they're also, you know, there wasn't, not that there wasn't that much to do, but it was seen as a legitimate activity to hang out in a bedroom with one of your friends and listen to a new record that came yeah. out. Which is so, it seems so fucked up to think about. I would love to do it. Yeah. It is not even on the table. <laughs> it is anybody. It is not part, it is not one of the, the game night options. <laughs> it isn't. Yeah. Right. And, but, you know, why is that? I know. It's crazy. And, uh, you know, and I guess that that's where we start going down the rabbit hole, right? Mm-hmm. Is, why is that? And, you know, I, I suppose it's it could be a a function of other things in life become more important. Mm-hmm. It was never important to begin with. Sure. Yeah. Um, who's to say? Right. Mm-hmm. A lot of things are important to you when you're young. Right. Mm-hmm. Equally, seemingly. Right. Right. And yeah, our lives are apart from the how the technology has changed and how we can, you know, not only listen on personal devices, but we can stream anything we want anytime. Right. And there's no there's no boundary anymore. There's no. Um, gatekeepers as far as like you have to have a certain amount of money to buy a new record right? or you can only listen to what's available on the radio. Those those things have all been knocked down, right? It's way, way more egalitarian that way. You you would think by that argument, we'd be listening to more music. I was and, just going to say, it, it's it's ironic that at a time that music has become more accessible and mm-hmm. arguably more personal, yeah. you don't have to listen to whatever some coked up A&R guy from Right. You know what I mean? Right. When you turn down the radio and you have, okay, I've got five stations to choose from. Right. And that's going to be whatever the record company wants me to hear. That's gone. Right. It can be intensely personal now. Right. But yet it seems to coincide with a decrease in people's attachment to it. So, well, maybe that's overly broad. Maybe we're, maybe we're missing something. Possibly. Right. Um, maybe, maybe what we're talking about is bemoaning the, the 40 something experience. And it, it still is to, sure. the, to the younger crowd. I wonder though. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess we, we'd, we'd have right. to, how much, how much of our, uh, how much of this that we're seeing is generational and cultural. Right. 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 All we know is we're seeing less of it is because we're getting older or because no one cares. It, right. It's some combination yeah. thereof. And when we say we're seeing less of it, it's just us two jamokes in our own li- yeah. life. Yeah. Right? Middle-aged white guys. <laughs> right. right. We only have our own experience to pull from. Yes. Um, I would suspect, and, and this is just me making a guess would be, you know, when you see the numbers for like um, for vinyl sales going up, mm-hmm. the sheer nature of the the physical nature of having a big ass record player that you can't tote around everywhere mm-hmm. means that for in some way globally, or I don't know if the the, the vinyl if the vinyl record sales numbers are global or United States, but in some way or shape or form, music is being played publicly more than it was in recent years, right? Because right? it's in a room on a record player where everybody can hear. I mean, I, maybe people are listening through headphones. I, I think one indication 
of that it's not uh it's not just that we're getting older okay that it is that society is changing is look at concert grosses okay why why is it you know and i don't have anything in front of me we're not gonna you know try to bore you with statistics but by and large, any given year, the top 10 grossing concert tours are not new acts. No, they're not. And they've been static for most of our adult lives. Yes. It might have been people like you 2 and the Rolling Stones in the 80s, and it's still the case now, which is kind of scary. Elton John is an example. Sure. So maybe that's an indicator that it is, that overall interest in, in things is declining, and, and we're part of a generation that's the last that wants to dedicate resources and time to celebrate it in right. person. It's possible. I mean, you, you have festivals now, but you could argue what what percentage of the festival is about the music and what's about you the know. experience. Exactly. Yeah, sure. You know what's even crazier about that, the the who the most popular touring acts are? I, I read an article recently about not only are they uh, nostalgia acts in a lot of, like they're not mm-hmm. even playing new songs, like no new material, right? Like right. There, there are some, so there's some bands out there that are, that, that put out a new album and like, and then people are only screaming at the concert, just play the hits, like, let's get through this new shit. There are other people that play only, that they haven't put out albums in years, and they're, they're just touring. But there's also this phenomenon that I read about of bands that are nostalgia acts, clearly. They have put, in, put on a record in 20, 30 years, and there's only one remaining surviving member of the band. Right. So it's not even the same band you're seeing. Right. But those numbers are great people right. they, they they still have a career out of it um they're still they still see good see good tickets uh, sales what does that say about like that says to me that music appreciation in 2023 is about nostalgia for most people from nostalgia for a particular act or a time in their life when music was more important or was the was the soundtrack to something more profound than what's going on today right which is which is interesting and as much as maybe as is the fan or as a fan of a band it might be appealing to hear it's kind of sad when you hear so many concert advertisements that says plus they will play x in its entirety right right which basically means look we've we've got nothing new to give you absolutely and we, the only way we can get money from you is to say remember that thing we did 30 years ago right we're gonna do that we which is crazy because I've had this experience recently where there's a, a band coming on tour. I'm getting fed, you know, uh, email, I think emails or maybe it's social media. Um, they want me to go see this concert by this band ride who I like. And they're a band that didn't, you know, around in the early nineties didn't exist for 25 years. And, and now they're back and they're touring and they've put out two or two or three albums, I think in the last few years. What, and, what would you say for people who don't know, what would be the best song to be, introduced to them oh that's a really interesting question i think the song that most likely anyone has had a chance to hear is a song called vapor trail um it is not representative of what they sound like though i would say a more representative song and you know if there are other nerds out here listening they would pick something else would be um um dreams burn down
leave them all behind. Those would be representative of the music. So they, they're they're classified as like the seminal shoegaze band, right? So you have tons of feedback and right like there's these uh, waves of guitars and multi-layered guitars and there's a lot of noise but with really sweet melodies on top which is something that i've had a renaissance in my listening history that i'm listening to a lot of that kind of stuff now nice and there's a lot of bands that are now of course everything old is new again there's a lot of new shoegaze bands out there and variations they're on but they're sending they're putting out uh ads that say we will play this whole album, our most famous album, Nowhere, in its entirety, plus a few tracks, which is crazy because when I saw that, I'm like, oh, yeah, no, maybe I'll go see them. Um, so, you know, I guess, I guess getting back to the idea of why, why why does it go away then, right? Why do some people get stuck at the nostalgia phase, right? Where, yeah. where they attach meaning to it in, in a certain point of their life, and then it just stops. Yeah. And they stop creating new memories and new attachments. Right. So I guess why is that? And, and maybe to really go down the rabbit hole, what replaces that? Sure. D- does something? Right. Yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, and maybe that's too good of a question that I, that I don't have an answer to. <laughs> that's possible. Yeah. And, that, and I think we've talked about, <laughs> you know, outside of the podcast of bringing in one of our friends who this who we've perceived this experience to happen to yeah. and to have him reflect on it. Like, what 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 is that like? What What changed? We were into the same music we were super into it. We were going to concerts. We were wearing the t-shirts, right? And now nothing. Yeah. Or or not nothing. You know, I, I, I think, yeah, I, I think that, and in, in to go back to the the literal interpretation of, of the title of, of this episode, yeah. it's, it's not that music goes away. It's that right. the quality and or, I, I guess, uh, the, the, the zeal for being invested in it the investment in it yes is reduced right because everyone is listening to something in their car yes as they drive around yes i mean the 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 smart one is listening to the extended play podcast That's right <laughs> but everyone's listening to something okay but it's a matter of okay when did it go from this is really evoking things in me to background noise right and that's when we say people's taste going to shit it's very tongue-in-cheek and it is yeah it's you know intentionally uh snobbery mm-hmm but it really means like, why did you stop caring? Right. Because I still care. Right. And I want to care with you. <laughs> yeah. Right. And we can't. And that right. makes me sad. A hundred percent. Right. Like we said, it's the reason why this podcast exists. Which right? would be a more accurate podcast podcast title, but a, a very sloppy one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, I agree. And, and the thing is, you can have it both ways. And I'm sure you know this too. I know you know this, but I'm sure you have this experience too, which is there is some music I put on just as background music and Mm -hmm. that's as deep as I want to get into it. Right. Right. And, but that is different than the music that I'm really paying attention to. That doesn't mean I'm sitting in a dark room with headphones on and like a, you know, a $10,000 stereo, which I can listen to the, in the, in the perfect um, environment. Um, It just means I'm, I'm a little more present. For, right. for for it, uh, whether that's in the car or that's while I'm working um, from home, you know. I think a good metric, you know, because it's whenever you, we talk about abstract subjects like this, it's okay. Well, how do you how do you measure, right? And I think a good metric of this would be if you were told that at your wedding mm-hmm. the DJ was going to pick the song that you entered to, that we entered to, okay, right? How angry would you get? Oh, I'd be furious. Right, I would kill a motherfucker. <laughs> like, no, this is the one time. Yeah. 
everyone I know has to listen to the song I choose. Right. And take it seriously. Right. It's the one chance I get. And right. apologies to the future. <laughs> this is Tank. Um, <laughs> For a number of reasons. Yes. I mean, not the least of which is this. Um, but no, it, it, but where some people might go, oh, whatever, whatever, dude, you're the yeah. DJ. Yeah. They might. Like how, I think that's the essence of it, right? Is how much emotional investment do you have in a song at a given time? Right. And for some people, it's virtually nil. Um, no matter the occasion. Right. Which is, that, I think that's the thing I struggle with. Is yes. that entire attitude that it never matters what's on. Right. I mean, and I've gone on many a date where, um, you know, unfortunately, my, my el- one of my opening salvos over and over again is, what do you listen to? Sure. What do you like? And I, I say that with my fingers crossed under the table, praying I'm going to get something I can work with. Right. And I get the dreaded whatever's on the radio. Yeah, sure. But uh, uh, I was with a fine person who who claimed to be quote very much into rap and hip hop, mm-hmm. and when I suggested, hey, let's talk about Run the Jewels, and she said, I don't know who that is. I'm like, well, ergo, you are not into <laughs> rap and hip hop. But that's that's for another day, right? Right. Yeah. No, but I mean, it's you know, and I guess if we could find the answer, I mean, you know, I don't know if it really changes anything per se, but. Um, but I don't know. Would it? Would it change something? I mean, is it possible that we could convince one of our friends to to, to give a shit? Perhaps, right? I mean, is it is it is it incurable? Right, right. Could we, with with enough, and maybe that becomes the mission of this fucking podcast is with mm. with enough. I, I think we all we've all been in a situation where someone's passion for something became infectious. Yes. Yes. Maybe you're at a zoo. I don't know why the fuck I said zoo, but maybe you are at a zoo. And the uh, caretaker, zookeeper, whatever the fuck the people that work there are called, they are explaining the intricacies of the diet of a fucking iguana. Yeah, sure. Okay. And you start off by looking at your phone. Right. But that guy's into it. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And pretty soon your phone's down and you're, you're, with, you're wrapped. Yeah. Oh, why does he eat that leaf? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so maybe... Maybe part of this is our fault. Maybe. Maybe we don't organize a listening party night and that's a fascinating idea. Right? And and okay, well they have it declined. We haven't asked. Right. And right. maybe, you know, it'd be awkward as fuck, but maybe we we preface it with this is what it means to me. Sure. And I want to talk about it. I, I don't think it would go well. I <laughs> I think I think we would be the butt of every group text <laughs> chat. <laughs> I think it would have to be, I also think it would have to be done intervention style where they didn't know what they were getting into. Yes. Until, yes. Until well, we told arrived. them we were going to play tippy cup. Right. And they showed up and there was a chair and a pair of headphones. <laughs> Clockwork orange style. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm into evangelism when it comes to music. I know with each other, we will humor each other, even though we probably have preconceived notions that we're probably not, this is probably not going to be my favorite thing. Right. Sure. Whenever I talk to you about Metallica, I, it's hard for me to not start it with "Hear me out." Right. Right. <laughs> right. Just, just hear me out. Dude. Right. And to a degree, all right. You would. We we do it to each other. We mm-hmm. we. I'll go. Okay. Here he goes on Metallica again. But friendship and mm-hmm. and right social norms say that you listen to the person talking mm-hmm. to you, particularly when the person is that passionate about something. And I like to think that some of our friends would be you know sort of open to that. Well, no, I I think there's a one obstacle that I think I say we face, I don't know in what context we means there's certainly not just you and I, but one obstacle that's out there, it's the same thing as politics. It's people 
create an identity sure. by their preferences. Sure. And maybe they're hesitant to say, I like this or I like that because they think it means they are necessarily X or Y. Right. Maybe I, let's just say I fucking love K-pop. Yeah. Right. Does it, does it mean I've, I'm still living my childhood? Right. You know, I, I think that some, un, for a lot of people, it's, I, they are hesitant to invest in something because they think it doesn't present who they are. So they shy away from it. And then again, pushes them back to the median, the what's on the radio. Right. right. Whereas, which is funny because I think we, we, we've talked about the notion of, of, of music and, and its uh, role in forming your identity. I would say for the both of us, people who love music, that's the, that's the identity thing for us. Yeah. It's not that we are metalheads or we're super into nineties R and B or whatever it is. It's just that we're like, we want to hear more, whether it's new, whether it's old, right? Something we haven't heard before. Um, it doesn't matter. And we don't ascribe any, like, I don't need to be a diehard death metal fan to appreciate one death metal album. Right. right. And, and, and I don't need to wear black and right. I don't, I don't need to, to, to fake sort of allegiance to some identity that I'm not a part of, but I do wonder there are, I, 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 I think you're probably right. I think people feel like that's still what you have to do. You have to pick something. You have to pick a side. Right. And you absolutely don't. Right. I mean, that's, that's what, that's what's amazing about this time. And that's what I can never get, you know, friends that are not open and listening to new, new music. It's because they, they, they have set their identity as I'm someone who likes glam rock, hair metal. Right. They don't make that anymore. Or if they do, it's so derivative, it's stupid or it's, or it's farcical. Like it's just a joke, right? right. It's like, um, like the darkness or, or steel Panther or some yeah. shit like that. And, um, and then that's it. Why bother? Because that was the kind of music I liked. And so they, 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 they back themselves into a corner as far as musical taste, where I would argue that you and I sure there's limits, right? Yeah, We're, neither, neither of us are super or are going to know what's happening in uh, new classical, right? Definitely a genre, definitely tons of people making new classical experimental music, right? It's, I'm sure it's a, I mean, you can find any sub subgenre you want on streaming service, but we're, we're just not going to get it, get that into it, but we're open. It's that openness, you know, right. right? And, and to think, man, there's always going to be something right around the corner that's going to be super cool. And I could be into. Right. And I guess it's yet another interpretation of, you know, quote, taste going to shit. It's also interpreted as when do you stop seeking yeah right instead of having a pile of what you like that right. slowly degrades over time to nothing <laughs> right what you know why don't you keep adding on to that pile right i mean and i know i'm different than this is where we differ in that i know that i'm more likely to put a record cd song on the shelf and never listen to it again after i had previously said this is the best fucking song ever even a song that can mean a ton to me and have real sort of significance as far as like it's attached to a memory of something really important I went through. Right. Like I, I can draw a clear cut line and say, I'm not interested anymore. I listened to that song 250 times. The 250th time was the last time I ever need to hear it again. I know that that's not the norm, but there is a place in between that, like a relentless quest for what's new at the expense of ditching all your favorites. Right. And just never even trying, right. never even, you know, 
whatever, literally whatever is on the radio, that's good enough. You know, on the other side of it is me who every time I get in my car, what I have on my stereo is intentional. Yeah. And sure, sometimes it is background music because I know I'm driving my kid for 45 minutes somewhere and she's nine years old. So she wants to talk, 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 talk. Mm hmm. At the same time, I don't want nothing in the background. I want something that's going to create a sense of peace and it's going to be something that I choose. It's mm-hmm. not going to be a kid's song, though I'm lucky enough that we've, I would argue, raised our kid right where she wouldn't request a kid's song. She would request something that, um, I don't know, something cool. Um, but it's always intentional, mm-hmm. always intentional. And it blows my mind that people are like, eh, whatever. Like yeah. you're listening to a radio station and a shit song comes on that you hate mm-hmm. and you're just like, eh, I'll listen to the next one. Yeah. I mean, and it's, again, it, it could be just like, you know, people maybe treat food that way or that's right, true. Whatever's in front of me. That's true. Clothing. Yeah. You know, does it, does it cover my junk? Yes. All right. Good enough. <laughs> right. And then again, it's, and, and, and I'm guilty of that. Sure. All right. I'm sure, you know, so that's, that's if someone's making a podcast on fashion, I'd be a fantastic topic to shit on. What's funny though is what makes it even more mystifying is even those that, you know, we derisively say shit taste, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. They still have moments where it means something to them. Christmas music. Sure. Good or, point. Yeah. Or, you know, the end of a, maybe it's a famous movie, a scene that everyone knows. The music is such a critical part of it. Yeah. No, it's true. There, there's very few, you know, iconic aspects of film or even television sometimes that don't have a score associated with it that people know by heart. Right. And that basically makes the whole thing what it is. Right. So they're capable. Right. And they're, but why, where does that go the other, you know, 99% of the time? Well, I wondered. Right. And even if you look at um, the the communal celebrations we have going back to weddings Mm -hmm. or, or so many of our core memories are, (laughs) are, are singing to, you know, you're, you're at a concert, you're, you're at a social event and there's a song and you're singing with people or you're, you're dancing again. It's, Everyone does have that. Yeah. And I suppose the mystery is why does that attachment to the feeling and the importance and the emotion of it just go away? Yeah. Right. Because it, it still comes back in certain scenarios, but it, it by and large is not part of your life anymore. And, and why not? For instance, Ride the Wind, still as impactful to me today as it was, whatever it was, 30 years ago now, probably 35 years ago, right? Kick-ass song, great riffs, great vocals. Um, it, it captures, sure, it captures a time in people's lives. It's it's hard to not associate that with the, that particular era of music and what was going on. But who's to say that the next Ride the Wind for you isn't just around the corner? And, yeah. wh- and why would you deny yourself that opportunity? Right. But, but it, I guess we're going back to the communal aspect of it because I can... You know, just by you nodding across the table, I know that you feel the same way about Ride the Wind, right? Fuck yeah. And a bunch of our friends do. And it's, and it's, so there's that communal aspect to it. To, to recreate that experience, well, I think what part of what we're saying is we're really bummed that that, there's not a lot of opportunity to make that new memory. No. And, and tangentially, by the way, I will fight anyone <laughs> who denies that something to believe in is one of the best songs of all time. Best songs of all time. Yeah. I don't, 
We'll do a whole fucking show on that if you want. I love it. I love it. I mean, Brett is sincere. Oh man, the tears. The fucking piano chords. <laughs> CC everyone. If you don't if you don't if you don't tear up, it's something to believe in. You're not a goddamn human being. <laughs> So, I, I agree. That's I mean, all I got to say yeah, about that. I got a captive audience. I agree. <laughs> right. <laughs> Absolutely. No, but right. Like I want to make more memories like that. And, and, and it's only partly about the music, mm-hmm. right? It's about, it's about like, I think, all right, let's, let's go all in and ride the wind. There is that particular song. Dude, we should get motorcycles. <laughs> we're not at that stage. Okay, I don't sorry. think we're at that stage. Sorry. That's that. 10 years from yeah, now. Right. Yeah. Um, but right there is just by the nature of the song itself this propulsive propulsive guitar riff right the energy behind it we were that energetic and passionate when we were that young most of us were it was just who you were you had enough in you (laughs) to really rock out to that kind of stuff and people it seems to me that our friends don't have a taste for things that get them going anymore things that get them revved up they don't want to be revved up they want to have background noise yeah and they don't even necessarily want to be calmed down either no you know, it's like, because then why wouldn't there be, you know, the, the Ray LaMontagne's, the zero yeah. sevens, like the, like the, at least they'd be super into something. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing is if, if I can at least have a passionate discussion about like, you know, uh, Tibetan chant. Right. Or at least it's something. Right. Um, but no, it, it, it's, it, the music seems to have gone from being, you know, again, in our teenage years, you can argue encompassing and, 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 sure. uh, integral. Yes to not not only not important enough to have an emotional connection to but not even a utilitarian function right of okay uh, for working out right sure i still listen to slipknot when i work out yeah I, i'm surprised and i guess obviously the reason we're doing this disappointed that people seem to have abandoned um any intentional or any intent towards their music mm-hmm and again, that's that's the kind of stuff I love to, you know, we dig our claws into and talk about is why did you like it or why did you listen to it for this reason or that reason? Absolutely. And it, it's what led us to, you know, self-referentially to be here. Right. But, um, you know, well, why, why does it have to go away? Why does it go away? Right. And like, so think about it in these terms. And I'm sure you have. Can, I'm sure there's songs that you've listened to in the past 25 years or however long it's been since our, since people we know have stopped um, being passionate about music. Imagine taking a song that you came to love in the, in the time since then, in the time since 1994 or 99, even let's say, and that, that imagine that that song that means so much to you didn't like there, there would be a hole there to me. If I didn't know certain songs, if certain songs weren't there for me at certain times in my life, right? Since that, time that i was that we were all sort of passionate about music right because i you know i vividly and i will always remember uh you know sadness alert but yeah you know i was in dublin this past summer for the taylor hawkins concert sure and i knew it was coming yeah you know and i just lost my dad a couple months prior right i knew they were gonna play times like these yeah and i fell apart so sure which is i mean that's its own thing right is to to have it be so that's a whole other fucking topic, well, right? Well, there's layers upon layers there. Right. But to, it was so, you know, and I guess it's a great, it's, it stumbled into a great example of, of why this means something to me. Yeah. I was in a hotel room in Dublin, Ireland, uh-huh. um, not by myself. I was with one lucky person, but, <laughs> um, 
It, it, it broke me. It broke me down. Yeah, sure. I cried for 10, 20 minutes. Yeah. Ugly cry. Yeah, sure. Sobbing. Yeah, heaving, right. Right. And do I know Dave Grohl or Taylor Hawkins? No. Right. They don't know me. Right. Um, but it was something. It, it's incredible. It's a, a shared sadness, a shared loss. Yeah. Built around a song. Right. And the, the almost Pavlovian, I heard the first few words and it was over. Sure. Yeah. You that, know. To me, that is... It, it's sad and it made me cry, but it's also so fucking awesome. Oh yeah, it's awesome. And where is that? Yeah, that and I, I, you can sort of tell. I get angry. Yeah, where is it? That's so powerful and that's so essential to life. Yeah, this, this the need to feel something. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it, it uh, it's, it, it's mystifying and I guess frustrating and and disappointing. I, I want more of those moments. Fuck! If I had one of those every day, I'd be happy. Yeah, you know I mean, what I mean. Yeah, it's you know it's like the old Jimmy Valvano speech, like you know you should you should laugh every day and cry every day. Right, you know? right. Um, no, absolutely. Yeah, I read I read something recently about um, the effect. Uh, so this is a less um, less of an experience with a particular song because of a particular moment in my life and a particular moment in the life of the artist, and and this is something that, another way that people experience music very. Um, physically is that it has to do with the sound itself right where it's all about pitch jeff buckley hits a note and i find myself overcome i'm even like getting a little shaky talking about it now It does not matter what he said. I don't have to identify with the lyric. It, I don't have to have anything going in, going on in my life in particular that is that quote unquote worthy of sort of an um, this emotional um, uh, experience. But it happens, and it happens a decent amount for me. Where I'm like listening to something, I'm like, holy shit, and I'm reduced to tears mm-hmm. because the sheer beauty of it knocks me the fuck out. Right. And just hearing myself say those words makes me super sad for people that don't get to have that experience. Right. Right. I mean, and, and we care about our friends and we want them to have experiences like that. Right. And just people, you know, we, we, yeah, it's just like you said, communal, we want to share those things with people. Yes. Because, you know, one day we're all going to be gone and those are the memories we have. And yeah, absolutely you know, for me, it's, for me, it's the guitar solo live of uh, comfortably numb. Okay. You know, it's, it's nothing like the album version it yeah, stretches yeah, yeah. out but it's just this transcendent like time just stops and you just feel it it's just a fucking guitar right you know it's incredible yeah yeah to deny to, to deny yourself the powerful emotions raw emotions right or or to not recognize the capable your own your own capability of feeling those things right and, and having a moment of uh, vulnerability right because it also comes down to that too it's um you know point blank we have friends that probably wouldn't admit to being reduced to tears by anything, let alone music. music exactly. Right? Now that might be a typical, we talk about guy culture and, and these kind of things. There might be a, a whole slew of reasons for that. Right. But, um, and I'm not walking around losing my shit at, at every given turn. Right. Like I like right. I hear a bird chirping and I'm like, Oh, it's so fucking beautiful. And I'm not like a puddle. Right. Um, it's music in particular that does it to me. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, 
And again, it's not to say that there's right and wrong and better or worse. Right. It's just this longing for more connections and, and, yeah. and the frustration yeah. of not being able to have more of those moments with people that feel that are feeling what you're feeling. Right. And I could say, you know, it's sort of take a positive spin on it. Like if I were to present this idea to my wife, she would say, well, why, why, why aren't you telling me about that thing? Why aren't you introducing me to something new? I, I want that experience. I would never think to ask for it, but because I care about you as my, as my husband, um, I, I want to go through that too. I, I suppose it's, it's worth trying. Yeah. I've tried Yeah, with my significant people. Uh-huh. And I, anecdotally, it's so hard to get them yeah. to feel what you felt. Uh, yeah. I, I wonder if it, maybe it's just so intensely personal that yeah. you just, you just have to hope for dumb luck that it hits someone the way you do that it hits you. And maybe that's why concerts are what they are. Sure. Right? It's a collection of a hundred or a thousand or 10 or a hundred thousand people that are getting hit the same way. That's right. Maybe not by the same song or the same line right. from the same song, but they're there for, in a way, for that reason. Right. They, especially with how expensive concert tickets can be. Right. You've made a commitment. Right. Right. Like, and think about the most passionate fan bases out there. Like, think of a Pearl Jam concert and think of the, you know, the, the shit, practically the whole stadium, I would imagine, but those front rows of people like wailing away mm-hmm. song lyrics that are so intensely attached to the, to moments in their lives or, their own identities, um, yeah, and and to be able to 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 feel the warmth of other people, in a way, it's like validation saying it's okay, right? right? It's it's, a, a, it's I hate to say it, it's a safe space. It is right. It is yeah. Like look at this guy who's a, who's a mess because of this song. Well, I'm not a mess because of that song, but another song really fu- like I'm losing my mind to. It makes me really excited because I think about this awesome time in my life. And, and if you think about it, it's not much of a stretch. In fact, it's probably almost a, a direct logical line. That's what they're paying for. Hmm. You're not paying for the performance. You can hear it better at home. Yeah. The sound quality is better yeah. at home. You can't see the damn stage and God knows you're not sitting in traffic just to, sure. to pay 20 bucks for a beer sure. and have some asshole next to you bumping in you. Everything is a negative. Yeah. Except that one thing and it's the communal feeling. That's why you go. To posit it, would you go to a concert where you're the only one there? The only per- oh not not just by yourself but being the only person in the gun. <laughs> the, the, you know, if it's the band and just you, wow. Well, that I be, mean, in some weird. ways it'd be kind of cool, but <laughs> right, be a lot of pressure to not check your phone. Actually, <laughs> matter of fact, even I did have that experience once, which we'll save Holy for another day. Crap. Uh, but no, but it, that's that's why. Yeah. If you were there by yourself, it would be a bizarre and strange and probably unsatisfying experience, it, it you know, like a recital. Right. But that's why we pay. We yeah. pay for that feeling right. when we go to concerts. Right. Because I'll tell you what, I'm never stopping. You're right. You're no. never stopping. No. So so it's like either we have to accept that we are the only people that are going to feel this way about this thing or we do something else. And whether that's evangelize, whether that's just accept, you know, um, we'll see where it goes from here. And maybe through the course of people hearing this, um, you know, and in fact, why else record something? you know, other than for posterity's sake, but to hear what people, you know, the audience think, does our audience have the same experience we do? Right. And and I would love to know that. And I would love to be part of a, a, a community of people that talk about these things, even if we've never met in real life before. 
right? I think that I'm, I'm fascinated by it. Right. And if you do have those feelings, we encourage you to leave a comment or send us an email at contact at extendedplaypod.com. Or you can go straight to our website, which is extendedplaypod.com. Uh, we're also all over social media. You can find us at YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, Facebook. Just search Extended Play Podcast and you'll find us there. Or you can just stand in any public space and play Metallica <laughs> loud enough and I might show up. By the way, yep. check out YouTube videos of there's a dude who plays metal riffs. I think he's in like Czechoslovakia or something, but he plays, he like busks on a corner with an amp and he fucking rocks out oh to like slipknot and he does a whole slipknot Holy shit, that'd a be whole awesome. deftones thing yeah. and people look at him like he has a th- like five heads it is fantastic oh, dude, i would i would bring a fucking lawn chair that's right. and a stack of ones like i was at the strip club <laughs> we found a new career aspiration for you and that's gonna that's be right. you that's right And make sure to catch our next episode where we have the premiere installment of our playlist challenge, which definitely includes playlists, but it's not really a challenge because there's really nothing to win and no point to the whole thing at all. Kind of like this whole podcast. Um, but we will pick a topic, uh, E and I, and we will assign each other songs that fit the topic and then we will rank them. Again, there is no criteria. It is not consistent and not meaningful in any real way, but we're going to do it because it's fun. Uh, the first category will be first, uh, whether it's the word premiere, first, open, anything that implies a beginning. Um, that's the, the very loose guidelines that we gave each other to assign a playlist of five songs to the other guy. And then we're going to rank them and, uh, and explain why we did. Yeah. We may have heard these songs before we may have not, um, but we'll talk about them and hopefully have a few laughs. That's right. So that will be starting with the next episode and we hope to see you then. See ya. Yeah. And give me something to believe in. Yeah.